Hey everyone, welcome back to all my listeners. This is episode number seven of season eight. Today is Wednesday, February 15th, 2023. My name is Sonal Patel, and this is the Paint the Medical Picture podcast series. Now, I hope everyone had a great Super Bowl Sunday, a fabulous Valentine's Day Monday, celebrating with all your girlfriends or just sending them some extra TLC and a very lovable Valentine's Day yesterday. Of course, the month of February is dedicated to our heart health. It is Heart Health Awareness Month. All right, you guys, now let's get into today. In today's Newsworthy, I'm going to be bringing back a fan favorite, my Newsworthy Grab Bag, where I'm going to be highlighting a couple of OIG reports on drug rebates as well as a new FDA emergency use authorization on a monkeypox test. And in my compliance tips and recommendations today in Trusty Tip, I'm going to be getting into the importance of our Category 3 CPT codes. And I'll round out today's episode in Spark with a remarkable quote on creativity by Mary Lou Cook. If you guys have checked me out on LinkedIn, You know I'm all about compliance and protecting our physicians and our valued healthcare professionals when it comes to the business of medicine. I hope this week with me brings you enough to take back to your organizations, to want to dive in deeper, to use my tips and best practices to ensure success. I hope this podcast will help you boost the quality of documentation capture and improve coding accuracy as you help all your providers paint the medical picture. If you like what you're hearing, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button now so you don't miss another episode. Please write in a review and kindly drop me a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to my podcast. I'd really love your support. And as always, a friendly disclaimer. Remember, I'm bringing you the news, current healthcare industry news, my compliance tips, and my compliance recommendations based on my over 12 years of experience in front office in backend, in coding, and in billing for multi-specialty physicians, in compliance, and in auditing for both ENM and surgical operative reports. These are my opinions alone and are not to be construed as legal advice. Today's episode is sponsored by Advanced Coding Services, a leading medical billing and medical coding school in the United States. Whether you're just starting out or a seasoned professional, Our training equips you with the tools and support you need to advance your career. Our medical billing and coding school meets your needs worldwide online or in person with one-on-one support throughout your training. We are committed to helping our alumni and credentialed medical community in keeping up their certifications by offering various avenues for acquiring your continuing education units. In addition to our Mastering the Business of Medicine retreats, Offered several times throughout the year in different parts of the country, we now offer memberships. You can conveniently earn your CEUs by attending our exclusive members-only webinars. Since our aim is to nurture and grow the careers of individuals who work in the business of medicine, we call our member area the Apple Orchard. Advanced Coding Services. Educate. Nurture. Inspire. Reaching back with a hand up. So, Let's get into Newsworthy. 
You know I developed Grab Bag for those weeks where there's just so much news that I want to feature. So today's the day I'm going to be bringing back a fan favorite, my newsworthy Grab Bag. First, there is an OIG report titled North Carolina did not always invoice rebates to manufacturers for physician-administered drugs. So why did the OIG perform this audit? For a covered outpatient drug to be eligible for federal reimbursement under the Medicaid program's drug rebate requirements, manufacturers must pay rebates to the states for the drugs. However, prior Office of Inspector General audits found that states did not always invoice and collect all rebates due for drugs administered by physicians. The OIG's objective was to determine whether North Carolina complied with federal Medicaid requirements for invoicing manufacturers for rebates for physician-administered drugs. So what did the OIG find? North Carolina did not always comply with federal Medicaid requirements for invoicing manufacturers for rebates for physician-administered drugs. North Carolina did not invoice for and collect from manufacturers rebates associated with $3.1 million, which is the federal share, in physician-administered drugs. Of this amount, $2.3 million, again, the federal share, was for single-source drugs, and $734,000, once again, the federal share, was for the top 20 multiple-source drugs. Further, the OIG was unable to determine whether, in some cases, North Carolina was required to invoice for rebates for other multiple-source physician-administered drug claims. North Carolina did not invoice the manufacturers for rebates associated with claims totaling $685,000, again, the federal share, for these multiple-source drugs. So what did the OIG end up recommending? The OIG recommended that North Carolina refund to the federal government $2.3 million, the federal share, for claims for single-source physician-administered drugs as well as $734,000, again, the federal share, for claims for the top 20 multiple-source physician-administered drugs. They also recommended that North Carolina work with CMS to determine the unallowable portion of $685,000, the federal share, for other claims for multiple-source physician-administered drugs that may have been ineligible for federal reimbursement, refund that amount, and consider invoicing drug manufacturers for rebates for these drugs if CMS determines that the drug claims are allowable. In addition, they recommended that North Carolina work with CMS to determine and refund the unallowable portion of federal reimbursement for physician-administered drugs that were not invoiced for rebates after December 31 of 2019 and strengthen its internal controls to ensure that all physician-administered drugs eligible for rebates are invoiced. So what did North Carolina end up saying? North Carolina agreed with all of the OIG recommendations and described corrective actions that it had already taken or was planning to take. Specifically, North Carolina said that it would work with CMS to determine the amount, the method, and the timing of the refund or pursue invoicing drug manufacturers for the amounts determined to be allowable. North Carolina also said that it would review all physician-administered drug claims beginning on January 1, 2020, 
through the present time and would work with CMS to determine any unallowable reimbursement and potential refund. Further, North Carolina said that it had reviewed procedures surrounding the physician-administered drug rebate process and would implement controls to mitigate the risks the OIG identified. Moving on, my second newsworthy grab bag features an OIG technical brief titled Technical Assistance Brief, Implementation of Inflation-Indexed Rebates for Part B Drugs. Now, some of the key takeaways included that on the basis of the OIG's prior oversight work, they anticipated that unless the CMS takes action to remedy several administrative issues, the agency will face the following two challenges in implementing inflation-indexed rebates for Part B drugs. The first would be identifying products subject to Part B rebates, and second, excluding claims from Part B rebate calculations that were already subject to rebates under the Medicaid Drug Rebate Program, as well as discounts under the 340B Drug Discount Program. Remember, the OIG performed this study because of the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022, or the IRA which requires CMS to calculate inflation-indexed rebates for certain Part B drugs beginning in 2023. Prior OIG work estimated that Medicare could collect billions of dollars in inflation-indexed rebates similar to those authorized by the IRA. The OIG faced several challenges when conducting this past work that could be informative for CMS and stakeholders as the agency implements the new rebate provisions. This technical assistance brief is intended as technical assistance for CMS to consider as it implements these new provisions. And finally, in my third newsworthy grab bag item, it features a new FDA emergency use authorization or EUA for a monkeypox test. The Cephid expert MPOX test for use in a point-of-care setting received this EUA. Validation data was gathered through the National Institutes of Health, the NIH's Independent Test Assessment Program, established as a collaboration between the FDA and the NIH. Now, this EUA is the latest example of the FDA's ongoing commitment to advance greater consumer access to tests for infectious diseases. The expert MPOX test is a real-time polymerase chain reaction test intended to detect MPOX virus DNA in lesions, swab specimens, from individuals suspected of monkeypox by their healthcare provider. Now, the letter of authorization reads for the device, which is expert MPOX. The letter of authorization also reads for the EUA number, which is number 220483. The letter of authorization also reads for the company, which is Cephid. It also reads for the indication, which is this test is authorized for the qualitative detection of DNA from monkeypox virus clade 2-1 and non-variola orthopox virus in human lesion swab specimens, i.e. swabs of acute postular or vesicular rash from individuals suspected of MPOX2 by their healthcare provider. Emergency use of this test is limited to authorized laboratories. 
the letter of authorization reads for these authorized laboratories as testing on the Gene Expert DX and Gene Expert Infinity instruments is limited to laboratories certified under the Clinical Laboratory Improvements Amendments of 1988, known as CLIA, in 42 U.S.C. Section 263A that meet the requirements to perform high or moderate complexity tests. Testing on the Gene Expert Express or Hub Configuration Instrument is limited to laboratories certified under CLIA that meet requirements to perform high, moderate, or waived complexity tests. Testing on the Gene Expert Express or Hub Configuration Instrument is authorized for use at the point of care, or POC, i.e. in patient care settings operating under a CLIA Certificate of Waiver, a CLIA Certificate of Compliance, or a CLIA Certificate of Accreditation. And now, it's time for my best practice tips in Trusty Tip. So in today's compliance tip, I wanted to remind my audience that there's an excellent opportunity every year to dive into Category 3 CPT codes for more service line opportunities for your providers. These are, of course, codes for emerging technologies, emerging services, emerging procedures, and emerging service paradigms that are non-reimbursable and considered experimental and investigational right now by many payers, both government and commercial. But they do provide an excellent opportunity for tracking the data for these codes to eventually be sunset and eventually be turned into Category 1 CPT codes with the recommendation and approval of the CPT editorial panel, in addition, of course, with the full authorization by the FDA for the new technology, the new procedure, or the new service that is then allowed to be reimbursed or have relative value units attached to them. There are another 20 new Category 3 codes that are expected to take effect on July 1st, 2023. These codes range from add-on code 0719T through 0810T. Be mindful, there are additional revisions in parenthetical notes or revised guidelines to two existing Category 3 CPT codes. You can always find this detailed information published on the AMA website. These 20 new Category 3 codes will be published in the CPT manual for 20. 24. And finally, I focus season eight spark on creativity. I want this eighth season spark to be filled with our world's thought leaders, writers, artists, philosophers, everyone who inspires the need for creativity in all we strive to do. So in this week's inspiring quote, in spark is from Mary Lou Cook. Creativity is inventing experimenting, growing, taking risks, breaking rules, making mistakes, and having fun. Absolutely true, right? I think this is an amazing quote that reminds us to think outside the box, to think against the grain. I think this quote reminds us that creativity takes an adventurous spirit. So let your mind drift into the more creative side of you. I think this quote inspires us to take a chance on ourselves, to go higher, to do more, to be more. All of that takes risk, takes a belief in ourselves. 
It is with our creativity that we can innovate and soar. I am happy Mary Lou Cook's spark still burns brightly in all of us today. So that wraps up today's episode. And as always, I appreciate you all diving into today with me. If you want more information from me, please go ahead and follow me on LinkedIn. I'll leave links to everything in the show notes below. Now, in my final note today, it's a somber one. I wanted to go ahead and recognize the over 33,000 lives lost in Turkey and Syria since last week's twin earthquakes in the region. I know I'm sending all my prayers and well wishes to everyone in the area who is left behind and is affected by all of their family and loved ones who are gone. So hopefully all of our humanitarian aid can also reach the region, right? Despite the logistical nightmare that is Turkey and Syria right now. So my heart goes to all of them. So anyways, you guys, I wish you all an amazing week ahead. Thank you so much for all of your continued support, your loyal listenership. So I hope you definitely all take some time away each and every day to carve some time for yourselves to avoid the mental stress, anguish, and burnout each and every day. So thank you so much for listening in on today's episode. And I hope every week with me brings you closer to helping your providers paint a masterpiece. See you next Wednesday.